So we're here again to talk about Bushido. Now this time it's myself, Darren, joined with my bro- my brother Craig, and we're just here today to talk about what excited us about the game and what got us into it and why we like Bushido. Okay, Craig, would like to start off. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess you're a bit of a, a podcast veteran, having been on um, the Average Gamers uh, <laughs> podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this is our first standalone one, and I guess we, we are kind of thinking this is a, a Bushido podcast. Um, yes. Because we think there's a bit of a, a, a niche that needs to be filled there, and really, we just want to kind of share our own experiences of getting into into this game. Yeah, it's something I've. Um, I was struggle with a little bit at the start. The lack of uh, content creators men- means it's a little bit trickier to get into Bushido than possibly other games. And so I guess it's um, trying to give some nuggets of information out there. Yeah, I, I guess so. So just to give a, maybe a bit of background, uh, do you want to quickly run through your background? Are you giving it on the average game as well? Maybe just sure. you know, yeah. run for that. Uh, yeah. So um started off playing Warhammer and Warhammer 40, Warhammer Fantasy and Warhammer 40k back when I was about 12 and really got into gaming since then. Uh, played a lot of Games Workshop games over the years, lots of different ones. Dabbled a little bit with historical, but not, not too much. Uh, got into lots of skirmish level games, things like Confrontation and Anime Tactics, which are quite relevant to Bushido. And then went into Infinity, uh, played Infinity um, at quite a fairly competitive level, I suppose, for uh, several years. And recently kind of gone a little bit back into 40k, got a King Steel Cult, uh, which was fun. Um, but also, more importantly, got into Bushido. And that's really only happened over the last six or so months. And it's been qu- uh, quite a interesting journey from, I think... Um, Getting our first starter box to where where we are now, it's it's the game certainly uh, gone from one that I, I was struggling a little bit at the start so in, in some places to one that I'm really enjoying. So, yeah, how about yourself, Craig? Yeah, um, so yeah, I was thinking probably just sharing a bit of background. So I guess I guess it's fair to say we're we're, we're both kind of of that mid thirties kind of uh, crowd um, who who kind of grew up in in Games Workshop stores and played quite a lot of Warhammer 40k um, and all the kind of sub games around that, uh, you know, Korkamorka, Necromunda, um, all, all that good stuff. Um, and then I think we started to move into confrontation um, some, sometime in the early 2000s. And obviously that, that kind of, you know, ended around, I know it was 2008 or saying when the financial crisis hit, they, 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 they went under, but that, that was an amazing game. I think for both of us, we kind of really, mm enjoyed the level of sculpting and gameplay you know was way ahead of its time um, yeah the models actually um definitely stand up even now you look at them and they really do look fantastic yeah I, i've got i've still got a lot of um Nord dwarves which which i'm really fond of and and the uh, goblins um and i've uh, every so often i managed to pick up a little bit here a little bit there but they're, they're sort of you know getting rarer i suppose but but yeah, then, yeah. Then I think we kind of we we did the usual thing going off to uni, and um, uh, you sort of drop a lot of these interests, and and then you you kind of pick them up again later on in life, and um, yeah. So I guess Infinity has been a big, um, a, a, you know, an important game for us in terms of 
you know, skirmish level, really interesting rules, very dynamic. Uh, I've kept Kings of War going, which is kind of really just rebasing some Warhammer armies I've got and trying to finish them off a little bit and, and having a bit of a, you know, a, a blast with those. So it's, it's a really fun system. Very simple. You don't really have to invest too much time into it. It's just, you know, typical kind of roll up flanks kind of approach to, to warfare, but, but it is really enjoyable and quite, quite addictive. You so the more you, the more you play it, the more you want to play it. Um, uh, and, and, I think there was sort of a, probably a little bit of a gap there. Um, uh, maybe back to the confrontation stage, like a, a fantasy kind of skirmish game. Yeah, the Infinity's like you know been a really great game to get into, and and it's really well supported as well as far as games go from the company and podcast perspective, which um, which is really good. So we, we listened a lot to Myocast. Um, yeah, it's, it's and, an excellent podcast. Yeah, and, I think, and, and that's really helps you when you get into into a game to to sit there painting and listen to a podcast. Um, so, but yeah, I, I I kind of felt like a you know there was something that, you know that I would like to explore a bit further in that fancy area, and, and Bushido kind of struck me as something that was quite different. Um, I liked looking the models to start with. That was probably the first thing that pulled me in. And yeah, def- definitely the models are very distinctive i there's very few games out there and that offer the same oriental fantasy style models so it, it definitely has a, a feeling all to itself really yeah yeah and and i think after um after kind of looking into a bit more and seeing what the rules are like I, I really quite like the the idea of how the rules worked um, we'll get. I'm sure we we'll get more into that, but yeah, it, so it caught my attention, and, and it's it stuck, and and it's something that I would you know keep exploring, um, and 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 more lately, actually, I've been looking at Moonstone, which looks like a kind of really fun little game as well. Um, so you know, I keep kind of looking at other games, but definitely Bushido is kind of uh, my my primary kind of um, focus at the moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, because, yeah. It's it has um has actually done pretty well in both our respective local areas where it's gone from um, a game played by one or two people, well you know two or three I suppose people, to actually having quite a lot of buy-in now, and I think a lot of that's due to the models being really good and hmm. a lot of us rating the game, and another part is actually I think the low buy-in, like you don't need a lot of models to play the game, which means that it's quite easy to get a force. I think it's harder to say no to more than one force, but uh, that's, uh, I think, a problem that both you and me have in that I think between us, we've uh, though we're pretty new to the game, uh, probably last six months, I guess, we've been playing, we probably have most of the armies between us now. Yeah, most of the, most of the factions, are, are, you know, yeah. about five or six. And, but then you're right. I mean, it's very easy to pick up, like, you, you can probably play no, no, that's not. That's not. That's not really what's going to end up happening. You're going to buy, yeah, you know, a, a, a dozen or so. But um, but but it is. It, it's not kind of like some model ranges, particularly come from Infinity, where there's just you know, it, it's great because there's so many models. But it, it also kind of can lead you down, you know, a bit of a a path of just buying everything. And it's like you, you can you can still do that, but you can also sort of dabble in what I would call sub factions in this game. There's there's quite a few. Um, like little factions within factions that if you just want yeah, to pick up that that's, bit, that, that's kind of cool. That comes from the theme cards, really, doesn't it? Where you yeah. can 
where you have your overall faction, but if you want to, you can have a theme card which will give you a benefit, but will restrict what you can take. Um, and then sometimes actually they allow you, I think, to use extra models, but more often than not, it's restricting. And they are quite nice to, if you want to buy a certain, like say, a certain section of an army. So if you like the Ito clan, but you really just like the wizards or you really just like this half snake people then there's a, a a theme for each of those and you could buy into just that theme for i don't know like 80 pounds or something and probably have a full hundred rice list uh, at your disposal you know which is you know it's pretty good pretty good value and you know much like as a sectorial in infinity um it's kind of got that vibe but you could, you only really have to buy in normally about six models to start with uh, for most hundred point rice games, I'd say, yeah, depending so the, on what the, faction. The barriers to entry are quite low, um, and it's it's like most games. The rules are online now, and uh, there's a really good wiki uh, dot website um, that that supports all this. So your your it's all sport for access to information. You can just swat up and buy the stuff that you actually like, and and it's one of those games as well, which I, I guess you know we've really enjoyed with Infinity. It's just everything is is more or less playable. There's there's some things which maybe are slightly kind of pushing the curve, and and some things that maybe are more situationally good. Um, yeah. But there's a, there's very few kind of things that you know if you if you if you went out and brought you you'd. you'd you know, totally regret, and, I, and yeah. I think that's that's kind of the sort of games we're after these days. Normally, kind of more slightly more kind of well thought out, balanced games with interesting interactions, rather than kind of you know, let's go out and buy you know, multiples of whatever's kind of. Um, well, I, I, I think yeah, and I think Bushido gets around that because its characters, for the most part, other than a couple of grunts that you may take, um, the most part is characters. So there's no there's not really the opportunity to spam a particular unit that seems very powerful. You may be able to have several units that are similar that gives an army a certain feel, but the they're, almost all the models you're playing with are their own character. And so you, no matter how much you love, you know, I don't know, Buzz and Bo's massive bolt thrower, you can only have one of him, you know? <laughs> it's like, um, you know, and the same with all the other characters in the game. Yeah, I think um, say, I guess we're like we're, although this is kind of an introductory thing, I guess most people who are listening will will have some understanding of Bushido. Um, they may be coming in at quite new, so maybe some of these names are just yeah, sort of, you yeah. Know, kind of first time you've heard them. But I, I, I guess what we're saying is like it, 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 there's there's a lot of good reasons to to look at this game and to delve into it, uh, especially if you kind of like small skirmish games which are quite well thought out and you know objective based i would say was an important part of it as well yeah i, um, I mean for me the fact is i think that's something we got from playing infinity and kind of turned us a little bit off of the 40k world is where it's all about the killing and then you you saw a mop-up operation basically and you yeah, know once I, you've done that you get the objectives right um, but yeah, this they, is all about the game. dropped out before they brought in some. They they kind of brought in this car system. I think there's sort of objectives. You mouse strong objectives. You oh yeah you know, yeah. But um, but, but yeah. I mean, keeping on the positive though, I think you know it's just a, it's just a nice little you know tidy set of rules and um, 
good objectives and missions, if you want to call it like that. And that just that just makes things more interesting because then you can move away from just you know who, who who's the best you know fighter out of the lot and you know. Well, you've got that Silver Moon Army that has really no intention of fighting and. Uh, similar in some ways to the Tengu list that I play with sometimes. They are really there to mess around with the opponent yeah. uh, by pushing them or by evading them and get the objectives, and that's that's perfectly fine. And um, it works really well because it's an objective-based game. Otherwise, you just couldn't have that diversity. Whereas you've also, on the other extreme, you've got armies like Minamoto, which are samurais with massive clubs or you can't remember the name of but they are just would steamroller people by all accounts if it was just a outright pitch battle and um, so you can have that diversity in the same game which is is great because it means you have a diversity in the models um which is a massive pull to the game if you if you enjoy those models um you know you've got everything from well you've got all sorts really haven't you from your traditional samurai to buddhist monks yeah. to dragons to massive demons and half snake men and all sorts of crazy kind of inventive um themes and you know ideas coming into it which you do, you know are quite unusual and i don't think you see in many other games yeah and so what, what you were saying about the different factions we play i i still personally i kind of think of myself i've got i've got most of the savage wave models now um mm. Which what was your first faction you brought then? Well, well, let's go back, I guess. That, to... that was Savage, the Savage Wave. So, Woods, yeah, yeah. So um, I was lucky enough to pick it up from one of the trading groups, and it's really nicely painted. Came from France, um, and it's got almost everything apart from the starter box, a new one. And I got, <clears throat> I think, I think I got off you for Christmas. Um, so I, I got, I already had the the, the new starter box with. Um, with the back model in and the the two new characters and yeah so that kind of went together really nicely and it's going to be a really good kind of range because in a way savage wave are kind of you know you could break those down to multiple factions you've got the goblins basically or gremlins as i like to call them yeah and you've got the, like gremlins. yeah and then you've got the the oni the which are kind of like ogre demon type things um and they they can kind of work quite happily independently or mixed together. Um, you've also got some interesting kind of animal uh, sort of bits that sort of support almost, but they they, they look quite interesting. You got these dogs, and uh, you can even get bats in there and all sorts. So um, they're, they're they're quite a, quite a diverse faction, um, quite unusual in play style by by all accounts. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's because you've got a lot of very large models and a lot of very small models in the same faction at the extremes yeah you that's yeah. right and there's quite a lot of unusual rules with the back model with their mm. communal powers um yeah. and, and the only obviously just being you know there's only going to be sort of four of them on the table if you go for ronnie and um you know that's that's quite that's going to be a very different game to um to play in a bunch of samurai um but yeah, they're really cool, really good fun. Um, and then I've, like I said, we've been playing quite a few factions because uh, we sort of picked it up well, we, when we could play. Um, obviously, we're in lockdown at the moment. But um, I played a bit with Ito and yeah. with uh, Yuri. And um, yeah, I, I, I've kind of 
kind of stuck to the sources, generally going to the main. Um, I... Oh, you've gone a bit quiet there, Craig. Oh, okay, coming back in. So, yeah, as I was saying, I've, I've generally stuck with the starter sets. So I, I think those starter boxes are really well thought out and, you know, they're starter sets for a reason. Um, I know in some games you kind of get sold a starter set and you realise that it's not really what you want. <laughs> it's not really useful. Yeah, it's it's not you. useful at all, yeah. And, you end up kind of, you know, quickly buy, <laughs> buying other stuff, yeah. Um, yeah. If you, or, or dropping the game. But I think in, in this um, in this setup, as I sort of said, in general kind of, you know, tone of the uh, the game is, you know, it's, it's, it's a well thought out balanced game. Um, the star yeah, sets I haven't make had sense. Any, I haven't had any problems with any of the star sets, to be honest. Uh, they all seem to be quite good, in my opinion. Um, uh, so they're, they're, they're kind of like not overwhelming but i think that's deliberately so and i think having the blue text on the back of the cards really helps when you're first getting into the game once once you've played it for a bit you don't really need that because there's there's you know you'll you'll retain the the knowledge of what stuff does because yeah the blue blue text basically explains the special rules not all of them are on the back but explains most of them so that you can play without doing too much cross-referencing because yeah. um, you know there's a little, a little bit of learning curve for sure at the start of the game yeah um i would say mostly um for me was more about the learning not to uh, i don't know run your models and exhaust them and like leave them really vulnerable because it's very easy to do when you start off <laughs> yeah but anyway um okay yeah, so, then well uh, as, as you mentioned i also gone for roses which is, is just something i've made up myself and I'd like to dabble with ninjas at one point, but I, I sort of see these as sub-factions, like we were saying earlier. You can get four or six models, and you you basically got a you know a, a warband to put on the table. Yeah, um, and that's the Silver Moon one. So that so you basically haven't gone for any of the beast or the um, uh, sumo. What they what sumo is called? I can't remember now. Uh, the name Buto. Yeah, but yeah. they instead. You've gone for the assassins, um, roses, and roses, yeah. and um, what was the other models that you've got? Like perf- street performers and the street urchins, and kind of yeah. that non-combatal side to it, which is it's quite interesting. It's great that you can have that, and it should. I think it'll be an interesting force to play. I don't know exactly how good it's going to be, but yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to playing against it and seeing what it does because it will be a completely different experience you know compared to what we have in any other faction the the idea of that is to see how far you can push control and you know a different style of gameplay um Mm. but yeah i mean just in general like i guess we should probably talk down what what appealed to you why did you get into the game well it's actually do i did actually buy into it a few years back and at the time um, we were just playing so much Infinity. I think it just got uh, had a bit of a cold start, and, and never, no one really got into it. Uh, even though I was interested in the rules because it was had similarities to Confrontation, which I like you really enjoyed. So that was a bit of a full start, though. And then you know, fast forward, and about six months ago, I suppose. Um, Basically, after some of the locals were playing it, I, I gave it another go and I did enjoy it a lot more. But again, wasn't quite ready to commit, you know. So 
kind of left it for a bit and then over Christmas uh, time I know that you got into it you brought me the Tengu starter set actually before Christmas wasn't it uh, but anyway um, I, which, think, I think that's we had an agreement between ourselves because we, we like to get decent presents so we, we kind of just agree what we're going to buy each other yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> get me the models get me the models difficult because we're all gaming session each thing you basically have to give yeah. people a list of stuff you actually want unless you <laughs> Unless you, you know, you can get over presents, of course, but it's always nice to have something you really, really want. And, and we, we, we all want the toys, Craig. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and between us, you know, we between us, I think we, we can obviously agree these things. So, yeah, um, yeah I think um, I think I gave yours early just so we could get a game in. Yeah, and, I think uh, it was now. Now I think about yeah. it. Yeah, and I, I think initially I found it a little bit difficult because I, in hindsight, I think mostly because of Tengu, <laughs> because I don't appreciate the subtleties of pushing people or moving or placing, I should say, my model no, one placing. inch. Yeah. Placing is really important to get right because it's yeah. actually a lot bit, a lot more movement than just a, a move of the same value and a lot better. But, you know, there's the sort of subtleties that, um, you know, take a little bit of time to get into. Um I did enjoy the two-player starter set that we played a couple of games with. And I think, um, in all honesty, I possibly, if I started with something like Ryu, uh, that would have been a good starting point. But anyway, I think uh, they're a little bit difficult because I was kind of being quite aggressive with my Tengu. And uh, they weren't lasting past round two, really. But um, yeah. I think uh, this the, is models... a, the learning curve on Tengu is probably, is probably harsher than some of the others i I mean, I, I think possibly, yeah. yeah. I think I think it may have been me not really getting to grips with how the army was supposed to be played. I think as well, like there wasn't really many sources to go online and be like, yeah, this model does this, and this is how, roughly how you should play. And yeah. so, in in some ways, it reminds me of uh, second edition forty k before, like really before people were on the internet, you know, get to, going through codexes and telling you where all the strong and weak points are. You have to kind of get them on the table and kind of figure out yourself which is kind of good but at the same time it's a bit of a barrier when you're you're just starting um, it, it is nice it is nice to go and, i mean i've never been a big fan of netlist and infinity is great because you can't really netlist it the way it's constructed i suppose um, i mean more like tactics online though not yeah, netlisting you know, like it's, general ideas exactly and, that, that's sort of like you want a certain level of content but you don't necessarily want it to be so you know, like you want more to happen on the table, and, yeah. and you know, list building is important, but it shouldn't be kind of deciding the outcome of the game. You kind of you want decisions on the table to be meaningful, and I guess when you feel like a battle's won because you you know you can build a, a list that's going to win or you can't, then then that's kind of takes away the actual enjoyment of gaming because you know the, the gaming bit should be should be uh, one of the highlights. You know, and it's, yeah. It's great to build lists, and, and that's all fun. But um, it should be to sort of, you know, to hone your hone your kind of um, your your decision making, and to you know to to really kind of um, let you explore what a, a faction can do. I feel yeah. rather than, I, rather I, than yeah. I definitely think if, um, from everything we've seen so far, Bushido has that because of there's so many decisions on the order of your activations and you know every, every combat has got a particular decision involved where if you can sort of outwit your opponent and what they might do you may come off a lot better than you should you know for that model versus that model on another day um which i think is good 
Um, so I, I think it's got that going for it. So I was um, going to say, just um, just to sort of interject quickly, it's just one one podcast I think is really good is Robot Dice Explosion. They've oh, yeah. um, they they're not a Bushido podcast, but I think they do quite a few Bushido episodes. Um, I'd like them to do more though. I think. Yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, they, they they seem like a nice bunch of guys, and they. They've, they've been playing for a while. They know what they're talking about by all oh, accounts. Um, they're and, definitely a lot more experienced than us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I don't, I don't think they kind of, I don't think they're kind of like, you know, uber competitive kind of must win at all costs. They're, they're sort of more, more kind of, you know, uh, holistic gamers and, you know, they, they seem pretty good at gaming, I'm sure, but I, I get the feeling like they're, yeah, they're, they're, their interests are a bit wider than, you know, just winning a game. So the, the, when they go through and talk about things and they, they know a lot of the um, people behind the game, um, they really give you some great insights. But, the, but like I say, it's a podcast kind of, um, you know, it's this podcast not designed just for Pseudo. They do other stuff. And, uh, I've actually quite enjoyed listening to other stuff as well. Arena Rex is quite a good one. They covered off really nice matches for that game um but yeah um so there are there are some resources resources out there but as we were saying like compared to infinity we've got some really great long-standing strong uh, regular kind of weekly podcast um you know my cast is my favorite just uh, but i think there's white noise and and there's there's, a, there's probably others um but you know that that's kind of really helpful i think when you're when you're coming into a game just to listen to people um you know what, what appeals to them and kind of their thought process and i guess we're sort of thinking these podcasts will be um sort of 45 minutes um plus or minus um episodes every so often just to just to kind of share how we're kind of exploring the game uh we yeah. and particularly i think you know be it would be really nice to do some f- like faction focused episodes i'm sure yeah we both have our factions to talk about i mean so I guess, so if I go back to um, how I started then, so I obviously got that Tengu set, struggled a little at the start, but as soon as I kind of got into what these guys are offering, I've, I've really enjoyed them since. I I found, um, you know, they're, they're, got, they're an army of synergies and kind of subtleties with movement, and once you kind of get a bit more into it, they become really fun, um, but just don't expect them to go around like, you know hitting people really hard and after that i've i've recently um got into jung uh the pirates and they are a real cool mixed bag of pirates and half humans with half fit half shark half humans and crustacean kind of looking humans and half crab man <laughs> and stuff like that you know so they're very still got very much fancy element to them um but they're quite a an odd looking force, I suppose, not as unified as some of the others, but um, I think that suits the pirate kind of look. And I haven't pl- had a chance to play with them yet, but I am looking forward to having an army that's got a bit more punch to it, but um, doesn't have any of the key manipulation, which, you know, it's going to be interesting after being able to focus my keys so freely. It's going to be hard to go back to, uh, well, not being able to do that for the first time, actually. Um, and then on on top of that, uh, as there was a was it Gen Con, the deals of Gen Con, weren't they? The um, Bushido website just had, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So 
they uh, basically there was um, some deals on the website, Bushido official Bushido website, and GCT store, isn't it? Oh, that's it. Yeah, GCT store, and so they were doing deals, and you know what? What you know in these lockdown times where you'd, you know, you you could get bored, you want to, you know you're not going to say no to a good deal. <laughs> so um, I basically brought into the monks as well so that's the temple of rokan uh, which are quite unusual for me in the sense that they're more human based so they're obviously i've gone for a lot of the animals and temple statues so they, they and stuff. also have kind of animal human things going on as well yeah they do yeah exactly exactly it's a trend what's happening it's <laughs> a trend yeah yeah um, um and so like they, I think, also that the fact they're an absolutely good faction. Like the Tengu are a bit of a, they kind of have that. They feel a bit like the elves of the Bushido world, where they they kind of look down on humans. You know, they kind of they are kind of good, but at the same time, then they're not really good for humans necessarily. They're that kind of like detached. Kind of, they've got a different yeah. way of looking at the world. They're not really. I don't. Well, I look at them. I think they're not really evil. They're not really good. They're just different. No. They're just different. They kind of, and they yeah. would probably. They do. I, I, I might. Well, I haven't read all too much background, but I get the feeling like they um, don't really care too much about humans. Yeah. <laughs> um, the so, crew guys look kind of like skexes, don't they? They kind oh, of. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, they're very cool. They they don't look particularly nice. Um, no. But no. Uh, yeah, it's. I, th- I think they're they're really interesting. I mean, I played against the monks once, um, and. Um, oh, actually, no, a few times now, a um, couple of times. So, um, let, like, Mike was one of the local guys who's picked the game up. Uh, so I've got a, f- a few local guys um, here, and, and Darren is away, you know, some distance away. He's He's got a good group going as well. So we've sort of been, you know, growing interest locally, getting a few recruits. Um, but, yeah, one of them's gone for months, and he's literally brought everything in the range because that's kind of what he does. He just sort of... Yeah who have one faction and, and like me and Darren, we kind of skip around and get a bit of everything. Um, I do actually have almost, almost have the entire uh, Tengu range. I'm a couple of models oh, short, okay. but to be fair, like we, we were talking <laughs> about the entire range. We, yeah. I mean, I, it's going to be under 30 models still. And yeah. that's quite a difference to some ranges. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can, it's, it's you can, not, it's manageable, isn't it? Um, but yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he brought everything and he, he's, he's given them a good go given that he's new to the game and, like whereas I felt felt Tengu and Ito as well, I sort of seen people um, struggle with them a little bit from the, the get go because I think there's some really important things about um, your movement and maneuverability in those factions to get right. And if you waste that movement, you are wasting yeah. your main strength, and it's so easily done at the start of the get where you don't know what really what you're doing. Yeah. And they're a little, <laughs> little bit more fragile, so if they just play a kind of you know if they're not using that bonus and they're they're just suffering from their kind of you know the weak side um yeah, they're just bad. <laughs> yeah and but, but once they get going they're so powerful both of those you know great factions um and and once you know yeah when 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 you start using their strengths so they're phenomenal but um but yeah the the temple from my experience they're just so stacked with key by the time you get to them even if you do every trick you can think of they can just sort of key themselves up um Again, I kind of assuming most people listen to this know the general game mechanics, but key lets you kind of buy dice or do special effects, um, and it's, it's it's kind of you know it's like a spirit, I don't know, or 
you know exactly what it's meant to be but it's, it's a really cool thing actually one of, one of the cool rules about the game the cool mechanics that will appeal to um to a lot of people i think and, and yeah it's, it's the resource management side of it and yeah. I, I think it i mean i i mean um I, mean, I guess to go into the Their use of it is phenomenal just because they, they generate so much and they use it so efficiently because most of their stats yeah. can be boosted and it's normally two to boost. Um, so they just, yeah. It's Compared just a, three for most people. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very so different it, experience. It, it, those guys. It's a massive to, difference, doesn't it? Yeah, so I think you'll find your John and, and Tengu and um, the, the temple um Will will work quite differently, so I think that's quite a nice range. Yeah, I mean Tengu and the Temple both have a bit of uh, the have the key manipulation side of the game for sure. Um, but I, I think that's in a way why Jung, I, I quite I'm quite excited to play them. I mean, I, I I must admit I've I think the models sold me on each faction first, and then I looked into rules because I was very close to getting Ito as instead of Jung. But I just didn't know about. I was unsure about getting another faction that focus was on movement, not as much as Tengu, but still on movement as their one of their primary kind of strengths. And I, I just wanted to have a little bit of hitting power. You know that was it, Manato. You know the guy with a big anchor. He looks pretty pretty tasty. Oh, Manato, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, looks. He looks. Yeah, he, he, looks um, he looks. He looks yeah. uh, pretty awesome. His card. Um, so I was going to say, what what's sort of, um, what I like like uh, as a general kind of outline of the game, what, what appeals is um, there's there's actually quite a lot of symmetry in the game when you when you kind of think about how things work. Everyone's got the same activations, you know, to start with anyway, more or less, and and, and quite a lot of people have free combat dice. Your melee pool is generally starting off at free, and um, and, and then, kind of, so there's a certain level of simplicity in that. Um, but then after that, there's there's a lot of depth in other areas. With the key stat being, you know, a really important one. Some models are able to do all sorts of wonderful things with key. Other models aren't so fussed about it, um, and they're just really efficient because they've maybe got a more efficient profile in other areas. And then there's lots of traits and you know abilities that come through that that can make a model behave quite differently on the table, normally quite thematic, which I, yeah. I really enjoy. Like when you like look it. at a card, when you know how to read a card, you can kind of really get a gist for, okay, this model is kind of, you know, I'm going to do this on the table. Yeah, once you understand the cards, I think that's great. I mean, initially, that you can sometimes be hit by a wall of text on a few of the cards and not really understand what this model is supposed to do. Yeah. But because every model is a character, there's a bit of a learning curve with most models, but it also means that every model packs a real amount of flavor and character that you don't often see in other games where like just that extra model in your force could make quite a big difference on the, the rule, what you can and can't do all of a sudden, you know, like I think example, I could, if I added a tracker to my Tengu list, um, with the alert awareness, not awareness, sorry, the six, the ability to remove someone's uh, camouflage, you know, it completely changes the game if I play against someone who's using camouflage. You know, and yeah, so like which is six, quite exciting. Is, yeah, it's a really and that's that's that, that, there are a lot of hard counters in this game. Um, yeah. So there's certain things that 
are just really effective. And I think, so when we were talking about themes earlier, generally themes are quite good. Um, I, I find some of the, the, some of the themes in the starter boxes are a little bit, a little bit more tame, but I think there's, there's yeah, good, good reasons why, because they're normally a little bit more flexible. They, um, they do seem to be like flexibility over, like I, I imagine most of the time you, you get, they get you going and then you probably won't use the theme, which is just a single card at least. The models are all good. You know, I, well, I haven't seen a bad one really yet. I, I think they basically let you do something meaningful with a theme without kind of making it all about the theme, which which is what you, what you want from a starter. Yeah, um, they don't restrict you too much either, which is important because there's no point in having a starter that actually isn't necessarily a, a theme that just stops you buying half yeah. the range straight away. You know, I, I would actually say though the um, I say this, but the Tengu theme, if I'm honest, is actually quite good. <laughs> it actually does break those two things and because it is also a bit restrictive but not not too restrictive but um I, I would say like the monk theme is very open and kind of flexible and so is the younger pirate theme so yeah I, I would say most are very flexible but then you've got the um the ronin theme which yes you've kind of got this sideboard theme basically and you can you can take I think it's 30 rice of a sort of sideboard that you can swap mm. in and out with your main list and I, I can see that one just being really helpful um, because yeah. of this kind of nature of hard counters. Like with my back mono, if you can see me um, all the time, I can I can't kind of shadow walk around and things like that. And so you really want someone who's got eyes on. And so I can use key to make um, you know to cause darkness on the table, and um, that that's something which you know can really upset people's gameplays um it it, it, it really messed up your tengu last time just because they you can't run around so freely and you, you can't get stuff at range without kind of getting around it but as soon as you've got a six sense model then um a lot of a lot of the tricks start to not work um yeah i mean i i found this particularly um yeah particularly uh, i found this as well with my tengu that there are certain models that if I had made the game much easier, particularly at the start when I, I was playing Yuri quite a lot, and I basically have an owl, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but he can basically make people immune to states. And so he's amazing against a Yuri army, which I was playing their starter box. So it's all, all free witches, putting out a load of states. And, you know, they have to spend key. They have to, you know, most of the states, I believe, are, a post-key test, so they have to succeed at that dice roll. And even after all that, and for a few few bit of key, I could actually just remove it, and it just felt really powerful counter to what my opponent was trying to do. On, on the other hand, like that army didn't have any way of dealing with fear, uh, didn't have anyone with leadership or courage or anything like that. And so I was struggling a lot on that side of things. Um, so the next game, I kind of added some people with those traits in, but those traits are no good uh, if you're playing against Ryu, you know, because they don't generally have things that cause fear or other armies that don't cause fear. But then I think, I think um, you start to work out other things, like um, just having a few people with some ranged attacks is a great way to yeah. deal with fear. Just, yeah, I, I, I kind of got around it by, uh, yeah, after realising that most of my Tengu don't actually want to get in combat anyway, so it's not a problem. <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. The, I, I guess what we're saying is like... Um, I, I think I think because the, um, the the themes kind of allow you to really explore certain parts of action or to to kind of 
get around the fact that sometimes, you know, in these small skirmish games, it can be a little bit of a bad matchup, can can somewhat spoil your day. You've, you've got a meaningful decision to make. It's like, do I want to get a, a, a load of benefits or am I almost more worried about what the opposition's got to bring to the table and I want to make sure I can counter that? And, and I think that's a really great starting point, you know, just for anyone thinking about, you know, um, approaching a more competitive style of game perhaps but mm. you know how, how to how to kind of you know balance your list out and to weigh things if up you're, you know. if you're finding the the account you're not having don't have the right tools for the yeah. job because so i think a lot of games you can cover those like yeah. areas can't you but on this one it's a little bit harder you've only not most armies are probably what like six and seven models on average you know you get extremes but um, yeah, it's hard to cover all the bases with with a skirmish game. You know, we've seen it with other skirmish games we play, and you know, it's hard to cover everything. And you may cover try and cover everything, but then you've you've not really excelled in any area. And, and it's and that's great in a way for list building. But I get this gives you a really interesting sort of decision from the get go. You know, are you going to kind of home in on a certain area and get a load of benefits, or are you going to keep yourself more flexible and be able to counter the enemy more effectively? I, I think that's really nice. So. Um, you know, and, and then that's before you even get into more detail of this building. I, I guess the other, back to the thing about you know there being some interesting kind of um, symmetries in the game. I think because you're you're always pushing for like a bit of an advantage because you like even even a big army is only three combat dice. Okay, he's got brutal, but he's only three combat dice, and he, he hits really hard, but he's not. He's not overly skillful at hitting a samurai. Yeah, getting much, the hit in is the hard part. Yeah, yeah a samurai is much better. And but if you just had three, you know, three dice on a basic guy against another basic die guy in the melee pool, then um, it's like how does one get advantage over the other? And, and a lot of that comes through the kind of the states and, and yeah, the definitely. order you activate, and that's where a lot of tactical gameplay in because it's kind of you go, I go, and you get exhausted eventually, and you can also get people. You know, in the, uh, you know, outside their arc. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's so many ways actually in the game to reduce people's combat effectiveness, and I, I think that's what uh, I really enjoyed about the game is it's is much it's very much about the board state of like uh, where is this model? Uh, is it in a bad condition? You know, it's a, a, an amazing model. You can have an amazing samurai model, and if he's you know, for some reason he's ran, he's exhausted, he's maybe been stunned and, I, I don't know, maybe attacked in the rear by two people. I don't know, <laughs> you know. All of a sudden it's like, this guy is yeah. terrible, <laughs> you know. Right. It's like, that's a bad situation, right? Yeah. But that's- Running is really interesting because, like, anyone can run and it's really good because you you can go, uh, like, 1.5 extra of your move and it's only... It's, it's only like a normal, simple um, activation, which is great. Yeah, so it's fast, and you also get harder to hit by shooting, which can in itself yeah. be uh, good enough. Um, and then you're minus one dice, and it's yeah. like melee dice. Um, so it's great, but you don't want to get caught out. And yeah, you know, and it's things like that, which, you know, those models, you've got to be careful not to get charged and stuff, because things can charge at double distance, but it's it's one of those games where basically if you overstretch yourself you can definitely get um either even a really good model can definitely get taken out quite quickly yeah and i guess you don't necessarily have that to some to a large extent in other games like the idea of 
um, using your model and running with it. In most games, you just move it, right? And it wouldn't it wouldn't impact it. So the fact that that actually, if I my first action with the one of my, you know, if I'm come setting setting up the game for the first time and my first action is to run my samurai down the table, actually that's, that's pretty terrible. Actually, if my first activation is just running this guy down and getting him exhausted and you know having him run and stuff he's he's already at minus two dice you know and things are not looking particularly good at that point you know Um, it's it's, it's easy to lose dice isn't it basically and it's quite hard to get them yeah you can get them through key boost but generally it's a lot easier to lose them and and i think that's another level to the um kind of uh game state because if you have a even a if a model's in a bad position but it has a lot of key as long as it doesn't get attacked uh, surprise attacked so where where you can't boost as long as it's able to boost basically it actually can still be pretty effective and i guess that's another level of um you know the game isn't is very much about making sure you get your model in the right position with the right uh, you know the right amount of key maybe to do an attack or just you know in general in the right position and try to get your opponent into a bad position to break that deadlock that you're kind of talking about that if you if you do just have two guys going at it it's going to take them a long time till one comes on top of the other you know it's going to be a fluke roll basically yeah well that's it so if you got if you got two people three guys just going at each other then they would you probably never sort of resolve that combat like not quickly anyway because you're basically yeah. waiting for one person to have a very very bad dice state and i, I like the the maths behind the combat system because really once you've got, if you've got a decent number of dice, you're going to get on average a, a, a you know, a higher result. So it's much more reliable. Um, and also the support dice mechanic just means you're going to get a higher result anyway. Um, you know, you, ones don't count, but you know, just the law of averages are, you know, if you've got three dice, you're quite, quite reliable. I haven't worked out like exactly what the average or whatever, but you, you're probably going to find that. Um, people, people throwing three dice at each other aren't really going to be doing you know, much. They're going to get the odd oh, hit. The, the weird thing as well is that, you know, because um, you don't have to even try to attack the opponent, you can, you can literally go three dice in defence as well, which, you know, if the opponent knows, if they realise that's what you're doing, they can actually just yeah. go, well, I'll put three and attack, then eventually I'll win. But, you know, that's a nice bluffing mechanic of, yeah. uh, I guess, and also timing of, you know, if I've got a, a 10 rice guy against your 20 rice guy and I just go all out defense, maybe that's a good call because, you know, I'm holding up someone like, they, you know, trading up as they call it, you know, um, I'm holding up someone of higher points than me. Uh, so again, it's that sort of like tactical decision of, okay, is this a good call? But if I if I keep going all out defense, then they, they, they get wise to it and then they they might just start smashing you with all-out attack then, you know, and then I guess it's a little game in itself where it's like, well, maybe you'd lull them in with that and then you, you stab them with one dice, you know? <laughs> so. I, think, no, I think that's a really good point. So that's kind of where I was going with this. I was like, on one level, the dice are quite interested in and trying to manage your your dice and, and the states and the key and the resources. But then also, it's this blind bluffing um, or bidding of attack and defense dice. Yes. And yeah. and there's also there's also special moves as well, um, which can kind of interact with that and, and make it even more interesting. But that that's probably one of the most kind of fundamental thing, you know, from a what keeps this game interesting and fresh is 
you you have combat and it could turn out very differently because one person just you know just as I know has a better insight into the optimal um allocation of dice and the um the the right kind of special attack to do yeah uh, or defense to do what the opponent's going to do is is a, is a big one i mean you've got some abilities that actually rely on that almost actually they do like counter-attack for example uh relies on your opponent making really a bad attack <laughs> and yeah. if they made a bad attack you make a good counter-attack and it's only really worth it if you think the enemy's gonna do an attack but not like an all-out attack because that then it won't do anything because uh, it's only the basically success level minus two hit back so it really you need to at least this beat, beat them by two and ideally by four or six even you know that's highly unlikely but it's, possible. Say, it's, it's because it's it kind of penalizes them for having a bit of a bad attack against you so yeah typically if you think they're going to put two in defense and one in attack just because yeah they don't, they don't want to kind of completely just be like i'm just going to defend because then you know yeah then they won't put some pressure on you to return. But effectively, what you're doing is you're comparing your defense dice to their attack dice, which is which is quite interesting. And yeah, it kind of switches it around, yeah. doesn't it, in a nice yeah. way. Yeah. And so, it, so I think I think I think that's it though. Because in general, they just uh, bidding and you know then working out the combat success, and then that table is very confrontation esque in terms of yes. the damage table. When um, you know there there is a random element to it because you're rolling two d six still, but you know, generally you won't be pushing a higher success to get more damage. Um, yeah. And then if you're like, I, I do have... like the fact that it's wounds in Bushido. I, cause I, I in, in confrontation, it was just uh, the levels of being wounded, which uh, was a bit weird for top of models. But anyway, that's that side. I do like yeah. that. That change to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was a bit weird to get your head around. Um, was, especially yeah. with some of the bigger models like Wolf. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. To say you could one hit them and they could die, um, but that, yeah. But I, I think you know some models will have extra abilities that like to to make the damage, um, you know, to you know to worsen the damage. And you have your you have your strength on the weapon, you know, that could be a plus or minus. But you also have things like bleed and poison, um, that that can also be meaningful. So there's other states that can basically be attached to to these hits and, and special and and the key effects is though there's very specific timing around when you do stuff um that's quite interesting as well so it gets quite involved at that level um yeah it's like the basic combat is actually really simple even more simple than confrontation which initially i was a little bit concerned about but actually the layering on it is better in my opinion because you you don't really have a baseline stat to roll off of everyone's just kind of everyone's effectively zero and then they roll their dice and they work out what their their the sort of their success is on, on that, and then compare the differences, you know, taken through. But it, it, that's a bit weird to get your head around. So you just sort of think like, well, what's your sort of weapon skill, basically? You know, I should have weapon skill three. You've got weapon skill four, but no, like, there's none of that. It's just, you know, you can have more dice and less dice. You can have free rolls. You can have brutal and some, you know, some plus one, some things give you plus one and stuff like that. But but there's no kind of like base stat line to really be rolling off. It's just a number of really? dice. It does work though, doesn't it? Because like if you have, you know, most samurai, for example, will have uh, four dice. There's a couple of three, but a lot of them are four. And they have, but they all have martial prowess, which allows them to reroll a dice, which can be attack or defense, which is massively important to make sure those 
even if you won dice defense here, if you have a, a really bad roll, you know you, you can have a re-roll. <laughs> you know, um, it's it gives them that nice little bit of reliability and does make them feel like really competent fighters. Just those small little tweaks of maybe an extra dice and martial prowess in particular, yeah. you know, totally changes. And it, it comes through, I suppose. It, it feels like they are competent fighters that are very reliable. And I'd I like that. I'd like to point out that Trek is a samurai and he's you know, <laughs> he, 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 he pretends. <laughs> <laughs> he pretends. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, I know what you mean. So um, it's really, I, I think the dice mechanic is really, because I mean, when you strip the game down, it's a nice little rule book, but you, you kind of, in many ways, once you've been playing a few war games, you know kind of how things work. Um, you know, moving around and fighting and stuff like that. But actually, it's got a lot of things that are quite different. I, I quite like that. Like like we mentioned, like the running mechanic, you actually come harder to hit, but it's quite restrictive because you kind of have to stay pointing one direction that you ran in. Um, and you have to see it as well, which is uh, yeah. why your darkness spell was quite <laughs> restrictive. <laughs> yeah. which, which is sensible, but yeah, you kind of need to run. Well... It's kind of sensible. It's one of those like, but if I keep moving, I can keep seeing in front of me. But anyway, it, you know, you, you've well, got to know where you're going. <laughs> you, you need to see where you're running. Yeah, but yeah. it's so yeah. In some ways, it's it's quite familiar. Um, I like that you can pre-measure stuff as well. Uh, that yeah. you know, so, so some some basic stuff which generally I find um, you know, n- not not really revolutionary, and but they've kind of explained it in a fairly straightforward way. But then there's some other bits about the game which really make it stand out. And I think definitely um, the key, the combat mechanics, the, the overall you know, anatomy of the card being kind of you know, just just that sort of melee dice concept. Um, and it, it works in a similar kind of way for range. Um, though, but it, it, it's, it's crazy how how many rules they can add in with just a couple of X, just a little bit of like a special rule here and normally a sort of generic rule here and all of a sudden you've got a unit that you can look at and be like okay this really adds some options and they can it's pack a lot on the different. card they can yeah they really can and it what's that sorry the worst ones is swords like the best one just has got so many rules um and actually once you work it out it's like oh yeah okay that basically makes it work like how you would expect a swarm to work so that's uh, why yeah, I, mean, I think yeah. it's quite the way that they generally seem to be Using the the you know the rules as a special kind of you know ability things is just to make sure like things work how they how they should. Yeah, um, no, I, I think, think, I think once you understand it, makes, it, yeah, yeah, it does it does do that. Like, and there are certain rules that you start picking up. For example, I, I find most axes give brutal, and if you've got a little animal on your model, you will probably have a wear. And if you've got uh, anything like long and pointy, you'll have um, uh, what's it called? Oh God, uh, reach. reach uh, you yeah. know uh, things like that, uh, which um, you know G- they become quite apparent. True. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's like the swarms and the cami. They all, most of the traits are quite similar. Well, you know they've got like a this is how this model should work. Oh, you got very quiet there, Craig. It's the same. A lot of models have got a certain kind of base level of traits to make sure that it works in a certain way, like with the swarms and the cami. Um, 
and and that kind of just forces that model to behave in an appropriate way for for that model um it can be a bit overwhelming at first but once you've got your head around it it's actually quite intuitive and you sort of expect to see certain things when you, like you said when you look at a model you can actually identify what you expect it to have in terms of rules and often you look at the card and it's true you know you yeah you you probably not a million miles out yeah, yeah. You, you find some exceptions, but you can kind of, I like that, that kind of the connection between the model and, and what it actually does is, is it sounds pretty obvious, I suppose, but it does get a bit lost in some games. And, yeah, and this game, you know, and I know they're a representation, but some games obviously push that a little bit further than, than others. But I think they've, they've also made a deliberate effort here to tie the two together. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, you can expect um, a model on a, medium-sized base also to have probably like eight or more wounds you know unless it's tengu <laughs> then you get you get a mighty six but you know you, you know certain things like that which you can you can look at a model and go okay it's probably a bit has a bit more wounds because it's on a bigger base and it's like a bigger guy you know stuff like that which is you know yeah. um it's helpful um because um i i do think when you start the game it's there's quite a lot to take in on your own force and there is also even more to take in with your opponents. So anything like that, which you can kind of look at and get an idea of roughly what they do can be quite beneficial. And I you think know, that's why having resources online, like the, um, like the Wikidot thing and um, or Wikidot, um, sort of, you know, like an encyclopedia of kind of everything, but also on, the, on their website, you can just scroll through the gct studio website and you can look at cards um, yeah these resources are really good if you're you know, sort of, you know half watching a movie or whatever and or you've got a bit of time on the train you can just kind of do a bit of research and you get get a bit of a feel for things once you know how to read the card and, and sort of you know say okay i know um that guy looks interesting let's have a little you know, they'll look at him and, you know, you'll recognise him on the table probably. But, yeah, I mean, definitely need to yeah. know what your, own, what your own guys do and have a bit of a plan for those. Um, what I started doing, actually, was um, I... To help... What helped me quite a lot was I actually asked my opponent for what models they were going to use. And uh, I know that's getting an advantage, but actually when you're learning the game, it's not really about that. It's just to get an idea of, okay, so when, when we start playing... I know that this guy is going to be doing something like this. And I, I was playing Bryu, so it, it was pretty straightforward. It was like, yeah, they're going to try and cut my head off with uh, critical attack and stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it still was handy to kind of like see see what my opponent was going to use. And I guess if you and your friend had, you know, if someone listening to this is like interested, then they could obviously go out and buy a starter set with themselves and their friend buys a starter set and you can't, or you oh. buy the two player starter set. And yeah, uh, you've got the two player starter set, which I, I brought. I thought that was good. Yeah, um, it was good kind of intro. It, it's got a lot, a lot of cool bits in there, like the tokens and yeah. uh, the A5 size rule book. It's got six models, so enough to get a good game in. Um, and, and I, I, kind I of almost used that as a bit I'm, of an intro thing for, for quite a few yeah. of our friends who now play. I, I almost think I kind of, uh, possibly being a bit of an experienced gamer, had a good time playing that and then was like, great, I'm going to go off and <laughs> buy, buy my own starter set now rather than kind of like play a bit more of the two-player starter set. Well, I think <laughs> you know? so each faction, I think, has got a starter box pretty much. Maybe not ninjas. Uh, they know if you, where you count them as a faction. But anyway, I mean, there's generally there's 
there's there's good little boxes out there. They've generally got newer sculpts in, not yeah. all of them. But only of Silver them. Moon, I think, is a bit. Um, I think that's yeah. the only one that I can think of that's a, a bit dire for with the older yeah, models. That's a bit of a shame they didn't update that. But yeah, like, yeah, the the other ones seem to be all newer. I mean, I think some of the Yuri stuff is is the wishes of new, but I think the yokai or world uh, uh, true they, they stand up really well though they're, they're they really do stand up boxes. yeah but yeah like the, the star boxes are i mean they're good value anyway so generally people like a like a good deal but they and you get good cards normally that you'll want to use there's 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 some good cards in there but but i think the like the blue text i've mentioned that's really good to your point around kind of knowing what saint does another good thing in this game you can just you can just ask to look at the opposition's cards quickly read them Okay, it's a bit harder when you're new to the game because you might be looking at the cards and thinking, you know, that's just this is more extra rules. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I'm not even sure what my own stuff does. But yeah, yeah. I think yeah. once you've broken through that that barrier, that wall, and you can kind of quickly scan, like you say, you can kind of identify, you know, what stuff does more or less once you play for a while, and and you look at the cards just to sort of check out some of the special um, sort of key feats, and just make sure there's nothing kind of outstanding on some of the stats and even before long i think you kind of recognize things especially if you play with people regularly with with similar kind of you know yeah because it's not like the range is massive either so you know like um like i was saying about you know tengu is definitely under 30 models you know and um there's probably it's probably quite a few fewer profile cards actually than that um so i guess the way the starter boxes work as well is quite handy because you you basically get enough rice and um 70 rice in there in there sort of 100 rice is what you should sort of aim to play um but 70 rice is quite good for a, an intro game that's yeah. kind of enough to keep things more manageable and then you 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 know you, you upgrade and graduate to 100 and then you can just buy like you know a model an expensive one or probably two not so expensive ones um and that's sort of gets you going and yeah, because you want cards as well. So yeah. you know, you only re- yeah, you only really need one or two extra models normally to to get yourself up to a, a well-rounded hundred rice list. Pro- probably two for most armies, you know. But um, you never know. You could buy you can buy a, you could buy a samurai for like twenty-five rice, like um, you know, if you really want to. And yeah, well, I think really, a card with Ita, I went just went for Isanagi, but yeah. I um, I also kind of I went for a few other bits, but I mean. He was one of the easiest ones to throw in there because he just kind of takes that space up. But um, what you were saying about special cards, I think it's quite important because that's probably another level of um, involvement that this game's got, that you've got those um, enchantment event cards. Yeah, uh, I would almost say to avoid them almost to start with. But uh, yeah, I I think I probably would say to avoid them just in the first couple of games just because you're probably focusing on the, the game mechanics um but it's up to you like some you know i they do add a lot of flavor and i think once you get into them you wouldn't want to play without them but um you know just from the starting perspective they're just an extra bit of rules to uh to understand you know yeah. and um they, they i, I get, get suppose, quite involved i mean i find like yeah. rose, rose oh craig you've gone really quiet can't hear you right now yeah, you're good. I'd say some some of my lists basically would take, a, you know, spend a good chunk of their points, uh, right, uh, in on these cards. So sort I'm of talking fifteen, maybe more. Um, others, others just 
five, five I, I think generally I'm spending like maybe five to ten rice. Um, yeah. Some some are just really important uh, to to shore up a weak point or to to really hit home an advantage or you know that there, there are some which are just very relevant. But but I think you're right for new start you know people newer to the game. I I would say don't get overwhelmed by it because I think once you start you you know you you could probably want all the cards because most people don't it's it's the good thing is i don't think you're like a massive disadvantage if you don't have all your cards available day one um you probably want the, your faction cards and you should get the rising sun this year's kind of cycle deck cards um if you want to play kind of you know um with with a little bit you know a little bit more um options uh then then that's worth it but i don't think it's like oh if you don't buy it you're you're you know you're going to get completely like left behind and yeah you know, you're not playing the new cool stuff and well, this I, is I, th- I think mostly there's a, quite a few deals on the Bushido website that are all around having this, these your faction cards and the starter box and normally one or one or two extra models and i, I think that's a good idea in the long run um yeah i guess just i suppose looking at when you're starting off you know start low points start with models you understand you know the starter packs are really good for that reason you know they can they give you 70 rise to give you models that don't have too confusing rules and you know so you know it's really nice point to jump in and they even give you enough cards that you get a taste for the cards and even things like themes as well as events and enchantment and stuff like that well, that's, and, that's uh, it. I think a great place to start because they just cover so much, in, you know, yeah. in a fairly concise way. But all those cards are designed not to be too overwhelming, like you know the event cards yeah. and the equipment and everything. Can, you, you can kind of get your head around it. But I, I think to, you know they add something to people who've been playing a bit longer because they're new. Oh, cards. definitely, yeah. Everyone likes new cards, but but um, it gives you a good foundation to build from, and 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 it's not. It's not that like astronomical to buy these cards. You know, they're they're, they're kind of reasonably priced. Um, yeah, but I, I think mean, when everyone's that, starting out, they always like okay, I had to buy like you know, I had to buy a like, rule book, book and I had, I had to, to buy, buy tokens. Like, you know, yeah, and and it starts to because there but, are a lot of tokens. Just like just like Infinity, lots of tokens. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, it, I still think the price point once you've you can buy a bag of tokens actually and share it with you and your opponent. You know, two player starters, it's probably the best value to get into the, the game. The ones are actually pretty decent. The ones that come in the two player start set, they're actually, yeah. I, I think they're pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I like them. They, yeah. they do the job. And then, like most people, you want to, like, you know, upgrade and, um, you know, go for a critic or whatever. But it's like, it's, it's, it's pretty respectable actually to start there. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's. There's there's a lot of places you can go after, you know, once you've got your star box um, and you can add to it because yeah you can just make it a hundred rice but also you can you can look at the other themes and you can um, swap out models um, and they can get really interesting when you start mi- you know mixing in all these extra cards and options you can get you can you know, yeah. You and really like, like you said, you you up. can you can actually most of, if you want to, you can really just go for the models that you like, and I I think you can generally fit something half decent together. You might not have the synergies that you're after potentially, but um, I think I, I think you can at least start by going for the models you like and not feel like you're going to regret buying some of them later down the line you know so which is it's always good for any game because um 
you know, you don't want to be restricted by the models because of the rules. At least in my experience. I mean, also, you know, I haven't played with every model, but um, I haven't really brought a model yet that I've thought I'm never going to use this guy because he's just terrible. <laughs> you know, that maybe there are some. It'd be interesting to know if there are, but um, we haven't really had that yet, have we? And I, I haven't, no, I haven't had it myself, and I haven't seen a profile card, which I think you know this is just not great. I mean, there there are probably even within a faction you can compare cards, and sometimes I think you sort of think, okay, you know, I kind of really like this guy, um, can see what he's doing, and then I compare him to someone else, and, and it's not quite so easy to see why that guy's worth about the same, or you know, but, yeah. but I, th- I think the more and more I play, the more I kind of respect or see some of the differences i think i think it was the the, the, the rinzo is like a troll basically um you know he just seems like one of those kind of extreme at, at, the, at, the, at the gates he's like just a very competent fighter oh craig you've um, gone really craig you've gone off again oh again am i am i back yeah 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 cool um yeah so the the rinzo is just a really competent fighter he's a troll and he regenerates and yeah he he just clubbers things down um and then you see like shihan who can turn into this guy called zoo also kind of you know pretty brutal um sort of hawks out there's all similar points and then to start with you're like um don't really see the point of you know, Sheehan and Zoo compared to the Rincho, but actually, the more I look at it, the more I think there's a really interesting choice to be made between the two. Um, it's like most games, let's face it, it's like, you know, at the start with your, um, you, you're, not, you're not kind of, you know, seeing all the all the subtleties in the cards. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, all the different benefits you might get in different situations. And, but... and of course, there's always that question of, like, it's not a game where, you, you know, Rincho, you can have two of them. Um, but, uh, you know, what if you want a third, you can't, <laughs> you got, you got to go, you got to go for the other guy, you know, potentially then, um, which I, I think it does mean that even when you get profiles, which are close, you can still see a reason that, okay, I like that profile, P- possibly I don't see quite the value of this one, but I, I can see the value in having both still, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, probably just to help move move it along because I think we probably need to close off yeah soon, we should wrap it up really I was going to say also scenarios are a massive thing um, and some models just clearly are going to be better at scenarios than others and, and and sort of you know have those hard cover those hard counters as well um, so you know like one of those guys can throw a mushroom to blind people. That could be game changing against. Yeah, that a can be. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Or, if you've got Bezembo yeah. and you're like, well, a, a ring show is going to get shot down, but this guy with who can shuck, shuck a mushroom at him and blind him. I mean, that means he can no longer use his bolt thrower on me. So, you know, yeah, so it's, it's a, just things. things like but, but I think scenarios as well. It's like some models would definitely be better. So like the, I don't know, the little guy, he could sh- he could shadow walk up the table. Um, and then he could actually uh, probably easier because he's um, he he can get a uh, camouflage. Oh um, uh, yeah, and then he well, can kind of just zoo, is it? Zoo. Yeah, and then he could just yeah. hide by hide by an objective and just mm. be like, yeah, he can't see me. Where yeah. where like the other guys is going to get shot down to be quite honest because he's one of the most visible easy targets that you've got. Um, yeah. So yeah, you you start to think actually you're okay. You've got got some interesting you know um, 
differences here to, to mull over. But yeah, the scenarios just the scenarios I, I I generally find are quite simple. There's I think there's only three in the actual rule book, but there's a tournament pack which has got loads in, um, and they, they a bit like Infinity. You kind of got this kind of you know pushing buttons if you like, or, or in this is kind of normally um, praying, praying, pray, praying, and things. Yeah, um, or you know worship. It's all different. Like basically, yeah. you're kind of turning things to your your to your side. Um, and it takes up activations, and that that's what wins you the game. And we're kind of used to that. We're not used to games anymore where you, you win by just destroying the enemy. We're used to games where you win by completing the mission. Even if you destroy the enemy, you wouldn't win. You you need to do the mission. Yeah. Um, but there's there's simple, but there there there's enough in there to kind of keep you keep you kind of um, very uh, like and keep keep your games kind of. Um, moving along with yeah, with it some... definitely determines the if the focus of the game because you know it means that you can't have armies that just totally stand back, you know, because a lot of the game the, the missions are either basically go to an objective and do something with it, like we said, go to like you know a, a, go to go to a little temple and pray or something like that, you know, or it's go to an area and hold that area, and so. You know, you can't just be standoffish. It's not like it's not a it's not really a sh- very shooty game anyway, generally. And so it's it's you know you've got to it determines the flow of the game. Like um, even if you've got like a load of wizards, for example, like like the starter Yuri set does, um, you still have to get up to the table to a certain extent to kind of do the objectives or to yeah. get into an area. And so also, that does determine the focal point. Yeah, because you, you may get clusters, but you won't get just like one big mess in the middle. Because yeah, I mean, which is important. Do, but often you 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 seem to have at least three know, normally kind of clumps. Yeah, you know, <laughs> to, to, to about. and there, yeah. is, there, there you know there can be more, um, and, and I think there can be less as well. And some there's some really interesting combinations in the. In I the think that's good though because I I remember when we played confrontation where she didn't seem to have the, the missions as such a focal point that uh, quite often that would be the end result, a bit of a, a pile up in the middle. And it, it's quite a classic for a lot of different fantasy games trying to break away from that. And I think that's something they've done really successfully. So, and it, like we said earlier, it does mean you also opens up to so many more options where it's not just about your killing potential anymore. It's, it's about so much more, you know, like, uh, you know, monks and, and Tengu are, got so many push attacks it's unbelievable you know and size of defense and stuff like this and that doesn't sound great until you realize well maybe i want area control i'm on area control yeah. mission and i guess i don't have to kill you anymore to get you out of my area to, i to just push yeah. you out yeah but, and it's and like, that's well, the thing it's like actually could be quite hard to kill a model but yeah might but be quite them. easy to, to get them just to a point where they're not relevant and and i think for me that and that's kind of what i wanted to explore with um silver moon races Oh, you're gone, Craig. Craig, you're gone. Okay. Uh, how do I use distraction and displacement kind of things in, in my uh, roses to to really kind of explore how far you can go with with that whole thing? But yeah, I think monks do it really well. Um, anything that kind of moves things around effectively can push people away from objectives or from zones, and that will you know that will normally add up to you you winning. Because I think I mean what often happens is that. Um, your your activation is your sort of most precious resource, um, even more so than your key. 
Alien Model can only really activate twice unless it's got exceptional uh, abilities. And you normally have to go up to an objective or within a zone. And then, you know, if your song keeps pushing you away from it, you won't have enough energy left to, or activations left to, uh, to remain in the zone or to activate the scenario objective. Um, yeah. So, like, in, in many ways, you win because you activate people. Um, and, yeah. and it's interesting pass token thing as well, which I think really helps. Um, you know, because I've, I've also played a few other skirmish games with a similar kind of thing, but they didn't have pass tokens, and it gets really kind of weird when you've got different number of people because, like, you can just have loads of like a, a relative horde of like fifteen people and just wait for their first five people to basically move forward, tar themselves out, and be you know sitting ducks for you to come along and and beat up. Um, yeah, and actually, even like that, they actually built on that, and there's. In Ryu, most of the um, non-samurai, the warriors, what, what are they called? Um, Ashigaru. Yeah, they, um, a lot of them have military training trait, yeah. um, which means they can generate past tokens, which quite frustrating to play against. <laughs> but it's actually yeah. quite a cool idea. And actually, they, it's nice to see that the past tokens isn't just a, I guess, a rule to balance out what you're talking about there, which, you know, in itself, that'd be fine. But it's actually they built upon it to be an, an an interesting kind of tactical decision for that force to, if it wants to, make the opponent expose their battle plan, I suppose, first by activating their models. Um, so yeah, that's, that's quite quite cool. But anyway, we should... ninjas kind of do it as well. They they yeah. can get loads of pass tokens. Um, I guess they need to with only a few models. To. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah. Play the, against those. Yeah. And, and the wolves, uh, new wolf clan, they can kind of. Um, stop that they can just get rid of uh, your pass tokens for one turn so they kind of counter it entirely so that's quite it's quite interesting so but they, Ryu kind of i guess they yeah. are anti-ryu because they're they're re- rebelling against the ryu aren't they I, I, I think it's just <clears throat> it, it is a really powerful mechanic to be able to out, out, out activate people um i find baker Mono, that's how they that's how they kind of <laughs> manage to get anyone down to be quite frank you need yeah. to it's the end phase, isn't it? The, first, the start of the turn, you're like, oh, no, this, nothing's going to happen too bad. These little gremlins have got two attack dice mm. each. But by the yeah. end, they're so exhausted and outnumbered. They, they look a lot nastier. So, yeah, normally, anyway, normally they, get, they try to, yeah, they, they've got lots of tricks as well. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but it, again, it's like that's the interesting game mechanics. But I think that's what keeps the game really interesting on the table because it's all about kind of, you know, that, that sort of you go, I go, but like, you know, you can go in whatever right you moment, basically yeah. to, to, for your back to to be in a position where they can actually do something. <laughs> but, uh, no, anyway, um, like, like I said, uh, we, we probably should wrap up there because it's got, it's uh, quite a long episode now. Um, yeah, first episode uh, we thought it might be a bit longer. Um, probably try to keep this down a bit going forward, but Hopefully, just all you know, short, sharp kind of episodes more frequently is is more appealing to people. Um, yeah, hopefully, focusing on either a faction or probably a part of a faction. I think would be more than likely. So, yeah, I think given that we play so many, and hopefully, we'll get more experience. As I mean, we've got a fair number of games under our belt. Um, but we're still yeah. kind of coming out with new eyes um, yeah. and a fresh perspective. Which, It'll be yeah. interesting to see how over the course of, you know, obviously when we can start playing again, how are, how over the course of, you know, the next sort of year or so are 
our views on different things change and you know be quite interesting yeah to see see that and how that develops but yeah okay then great well that's us for this week then or this time (laughs) um yeah well we'll we'll try to come back in next week or so i think uh depends on when you post this and when get to the next bit how you know other people will observe that but um if we can try to do something like that that would be that'd be great um and yeah i don't know if you get feedback on these things or whatever but you know i'm sure there'll be some some comments that we can uh, we can listen to first time podcast so yeah. hopefully like for me anyway and, and yeah, I mean, I've been a guest on two other yeah. podcasts yeah it's the first one you've done as well really so yeah it is yeah so especially the technical people, side yeah yeah so hopefully uh hopefully it all stitches together fine and people kind of you know enjoy this I'm, I'm kind of imagine people just put it on while they're doing sync um you know like painting or or, or whatever um hopefully it's it's, it's entertaining enough um yep. I think I quite enjoyed making it. So uh, it's always good to chat, Darren. Um, probably a conversation we just have had anyway, quite frankly. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> we just we recorded just, it. <laughs> we just recorded it, yeah. And sometimes um, explained what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 Ho- ho- hopefully we, we did explain stuff as we went and didn't just kind of rely on people um, understanding uh, what we mean. But uh, yeah, yeah we're, again, we're, we're perhaps we'll get some comments. Um, great. Thanks, Darren. All right. All right, cool. Well, thanks, everyone. Yeah, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Cool. Thanks. Bye.